0: The new, refined, seven-seat Kia Sorento. Switch to the affirmative. Join Lumo Energy today. And Nutrien Ag Solutions, going further for Australian farmers. This is Sports Day.
1: Yeah, um, I'm a one-club player, obviously, now. and a Melbourne person for life. And, no, so many emotions. But, um, yeah, I just love this place and love everyone in it and... Yeah, it's going to be sad not to be able to come back here every day. Growing up, pretending to be an AFL player in our backyard, kicking a footy on the MCG, and I um, so I got to live my dream out. You know, I'm a premiership player. I played 100 games, life member of the club. And, you know, no one can take that away from me. So, yeah, it's emotional, but, you know, I'm so lucky and um am grateful now that I sit here at the end of it all. I do think that the long-term health is so much more important than football, when you know, footy's just a game. If I played for another five years, that'd have been great, but you know, I want to live 60 more years and you know, have a family and do all these other things that I'm interested in doing. That you know, if I didn't take care of myself, wouldn't be able to.
2: That's a voice of Angus Brayshaw has retired after multiple concussions. We'll talk with Dan Menzel shortly about that. Uh, but welcome to the show. Sports Day Safe for just quality home improvement. What's your thoughts on the concussion? One of the biggest names, I think, ever to go out uh, right in the prime of his career. one three hundred seven three six seven three six, 736 736 or text us on 0427-154-166. And a hot topic, which is the hot topic, is concussion again for Nutrient Act Solutions. Going further for Australian farmers, find your local branch at Nutrien.com.au. Dan Menzel, how are you? And a sad day in a way for Angus Brayshield, but like he said, a premiership, 100 games, he's ticked a lot of boxes.
3: He has, Woods, and it's good to be here. It's uh, a little bit sad hearing that and hearing him speak there, but some really good highlights throughout his career. He's played 167 games. Was third in the Brownlow Medal. Came from absolutely nowhere. Was sitting on his couch when that wasn't happened. invited. Wasn't invited, uh, but a Premiership player, and uh, will always be welcome back at the Melbourne Football Club. He's twenty-eight years of age, so it is. It's. It's always hard to finish up at any age, but when you feel like you still got a little bit more to give, it certainly is going to be an adjustment for him. But he mentioned uh, health, which is without a doubt. We know, and the more we're learning about concussion and CTE, it is paramount and. It's first and foremost and that's what they've they've had to look at and the family, they've spoken about it in the footy club and it's a decision that I don't think anyone will really be surprised at.
2: And ironically, he goes out with the daughter of Danny Frawley, who had his own issues and well-known issues too. But wonderful player, Brayshaw. We spoke about um, a fund at the end of a... At the end of a career or if there's a big pool, big pot of money which everybody contributes, the AFLU should contribute most, but I think the, the players should put a little bit in like an insurance. This is the perfect prime example, a guy that's probably got what, five years left of a career, you'd think he I think he had a long term contract. Five more years. He's cut down, he's got issues, he doesn't know how much worse it will get. Obviously he got worse between the time he got hit by Maynard and now. So what are your thoughts there when you is, is this the the prime case or a test case for how much. I mean, he's going he may, he may need looking after down the track. We don't know.
3: Yeah, he certainly may. And it's one that he will get a lump sum or a payout in some form uh, because he still has a contract. But also if, if it's a career-ending injury, then that's what uh, is in place with the AFL. And Look, another example who actually had a lot longer left in his career is Paddy McCartan, Uh, and we know that that has impacted his life as well. First and foremost, you hope it doesn't impact their life uh, moving forward because day-to-day, that's the most important thing, but they do need assistance, um, and they will need that financial remuneration.
2: I'll put this one to you, Dan, because you've been through the ring yourself. He said there's a lot more in life than football. You've come back from four knee recons. At, At the time, though as a player probably all you see is football when you're right in the in the mix of it
3: without a doubt and it's it's why that that is your number one priority it's almost your only priority and you don't see things clearly outside of your your job and what you're doing and and you do need people around you that can help with those decisions and uh, look, Do- Dr. Peter Larkin spoke about, um, I guess, that shared decision-making that you need that support network around because it's so hard for you as an individual to make that decision, and Dr. Peter Larkin
1: spoke about that. And so the ability to see brain changes has not always been there, but with, the, as I said, the more sophisticated MRI scanning and functional testing of the brain, um, I believe that the, since the um, September incident, there has been a worsening or a development of changes that weren't there prior to the September 23 episode. So that sort of would have been a, a very big factor in the decision-making process that he would have been part of with his medical team and his family. It's called shared decision-making.
3: So Dr. Peter Larkins there, speaking about one of the things I took out of that, words was that the advancement in the brain scanning is so good now that they're able to see the changes Um in Angus and his brain in between the last incident, which is great. It's You hope that the changes aren't too great for Angus, but it's great for society that we've got to that stage because the likes of, I mean, there's countless, but Venables not that long ago yeah, yeah. from West Coast. Yeah. We mentioned Paddy McCartan. Um, we know with with Frawley what happened with CTA, but Jay Schultz is another one that springs to mind that's had a lot of really
2: significant pros years issues. ago.
3: So, <clears throat> what is good about that is they've got to a level now where hopefully we can get to. Uh, this position or even earlier where you've got the Paddy McCardin, you've got the Angus Brayshaw, and it, and you're able to see it and go, hey, it's got to a level now where it's just going to jeopardise your future if you continue on and it will make the decision and that shared decision-making behind it.
2: Yeah, Paul Seedsman recently for the yeah. Crows too. But this is um, this is a blow for the Demons. They've got enough on their plate at the moment. Clayton Oval, Joel Smith now, Brayshaw not playing. Um, just getting back to um, Brayden Maynard, he, he should have no... Worries about what he did. This is just one contributing factor. I think Brayshaw obviously was perhaps gone before that last one and any any knock was putting him out. But uh, Maynard did what most people do. You're running the player. When, and I don't think Angus Brayshaw had any awareness at all, Dan, when you look at that. You know, you yep. you protect yourself. You know someone's coming. Totally but he, agree. He just took it.
3: Yeah, I totally agree. He kicked the ball, and he, he didn't look to have that spatial awareness that a lot of players would. And and look, could
2: that be from without a doubt? I would
3: expect it to have been that. And so. If you are Braden Maynard, absolutely. You would see the news today and you'd be sad with it, but it's not not to do with uh, your incident in isolation. It's everything that's happened over the duration. So it's one that you do. You wish the best for Angus Brayshaw and hope that this is something that doesn't trouble him the rest of his life. That is the major thing to come out of that. There's been some other news to come out of the AFL today as well. Also not great news, Taran Thomas, yeah. Uh, yeah. has uh, he got an 18-week ban. North Melbourne has decided to move on from him. And Todd Viney spoke about how the club thought that they might be able to change him uh, before he got there.
0: No, look, I'll
2: hand on heart, I put me on the pillow and we think we, as a club, supported our, our player. He's one of, uh, uh, one of us. Uh, we took him as a 17-year-old. We know he's had a challenging upbringing and background. Um, and hand on heart, we thought we could help educate him, put him in contact with some of the best people uh, in the state around you know, respect and
1: responsibility, social media and the like. But uh, mm. we just we didn't get the result. So I
2: think, would we do anything different? No, we'd support our people and give them the opportunity to learn and get better. He's had so many chances, yep. Dan. And um, he's a talent, we know that. But there's been so many issues. And I think North Melbourne, just such a young team now, you don't want... Any distractions, um, you know, I'm sort of a bit halfway here, but I, I think the right decision has been made. Whether he comes back again, I'm I'm not sure anyone will take him. But it's so sad you, um, when you've got all the talent in the world and you constantly stuff up. And that's yep. what he's done, to be brutally honest. Without
3: a doubt. And you heard that in Todd Viney there, who is the GM of football at North Melbourne. Uh, he could not have been any clearer that he has been given absolutely every chance he's had the network around him. And has just taken that for granted. Oh, I'd be absolutely shocked if he ever got to go again. Um, because I just feel like this is it's not been one or two. It is and and again, it's also the new band that's come up. There's other information that not everyone's aware of. So yeah. it's it's disappointing news, but um look, for Angus you hope that it's not gonna impact his future. And for Taryn, you hope that he's able to sort out his future.
2: Now the other big news, it wasn't married at first sight, which was quite good last night. We both it watched that. But uh, Tim David off the last ball, it was, wasn't a bad cod, he had bowled to him, hits a four and Australia get up in the last ball. It was fantastic. I mean, it was a good game. I ask you though, does anyone really remember T20 games or who, who wins? It was a interesting game because it came down to the last over. That's what made it interesting. New Zealand posted 215, they batted really well. Mitch Marsh and David right at the end um, did um, played some really good cricket, but... Do you reckon the average fan, the average punter, unless you've had a bet on it, gamble responsibly, be careful what you're gambling with, really cares?
3: At the moment, no. I think if this was at the start of the summer uh, in Australia, yes. Maybe in New Zealand there might be a little bit of care factor around it. But I just think, again, we've spoken about this a couple of times, the saturation of cricket and the amount of cricket that we've had since the ODI World Cup feels like it just has not stopped. So it's got to a stage now where I think everyone's well and truly ready for the footy season to get underway. Um, It's in the periphery. I'm not sure there will be that many people following it. But in saying that, you mentioned Mitch Marsh, 72 off 44, not out. And Tim Davis, 31 off 10 deliveries. So it's a good win for Australia, but yeah, I'm not sure. It's a preparation for the T20 World Cup, but I'm not sure that many people are too fast. Oh,
2: the big news, Scotty Ninnis is the new coach. We all thought that would be the thing. It's great news, that. 36ers, but Sam Pentej, you've got a few texts to read out. On the Just Quality
0: Home Improvement open line, we've got a one from Mario. Simon Goodwin must have walked under a ladder, broken sure. a mirror, and ran over a black cat. <laughs> Uh, one from Brett here. It's a shame he had to walk away and retire, buddy. Sorry, it's a shame he had to retire, but he's walking away from the game with a drought-breaking Melbourne Premiership, and that's pretty good.
2: What do you make um, their their um, president was it Paul Bartlett that came out? He had real worries the year before that. Ironically, they won the Premiership, and, the, and I think that has hidden a few of the problems there. But he's really concerned with coaches, with players, and some of that has actually played out after with Melbourne, hasn't it? So it's going to be interesting. He's, I think he's suing a few people, some of the board members, and he, he, he's got all the transcripts and the texts and the phone calls and all that, but it's going to be interesting because he saw a, a real decline in the culture at the Melbourne Footy Club, even though Gary Pertz <laughs> said it's the best I've ever seen in the history of the of the game. So maybe it's somewhere in between. But uh, Melbourne, you're right, Melbourne and Simon Goodwin, they've got a few issues.
3: Yeah, they certainly do and this has been, this isn't new, this has been uh, news for a good 12 to 18 months now and they've handled it, I I believe, as well as they sort of could on the field. Um, Max Gorn, I think, has done a pretty good job as a leader. But look, every club's got issues, it's how they handle things and situations and we'll see it play out, no doubt, over the next 12 months. I still think Melbourne's going to be alright. If they can get Clayton Oliver on the park, Brayshaw will be a loss, Uh, Mm. but they still do have a pretty good core group of players, which we have mentioned, so... Uh, I think they'll be okay this year. they are just got to make sure that turmoil off-field doesn't impact them too much.
2: Well, I think you're right. The best thing they can do is win some games. Coming up on the show, the weekend headline. Thanks to the new refined seven-seater Kia Sorento, Kia's largest SUV, available now at your nearest Kia dealer. We're going to give our top 10 players in the AFL thanks to Lumo Energy, Australian-owned and supporting communities, the arts, and you. Join Lumo Energy today for a brighter SA. Dan Menzel, this is what I'm looking forward to. He's, he's at his bottom six. I agree with everything he said. He's got his next three where he thinks going to finish. We're going from the bottom to the top, and this will continue through the next week. His predictions for nutrient ag solutions going further for Australian farmers. Just remember the open line to 1300 736 736, the text line 042715416. all thanks to Just Quality Home Improvements. The new refined seven-seat Kia Sorento.
0: Switch to the affirmative. Join Lumo Energy today. And Nutrient Ag Solutions, going further for Australian farmers.
2: Sports Day SA, Dan Menzel, David Wildey, bloody back in a couple of weeks. Uh, the show just for just quality home improvements, experts in roller shutters, plantation shutters, outdoor blinds, artificial lawn and roof restoration. But time now for our weekend headlines. Thanks to mate, you get 20 bucks off for five months with mate internet. Use the promo code... S-A-V-E 20 or Save 20 with Mate Internet. What do you want to start there with, Dan?
3: Yeah, I'll start with my certainty for the week. This is for the weekend, but also potentially for the year. I'm not sure if you're a Formula One fan or not,
2: Will. So What's a bit of it? About this. I know the name, Max Verstappen.
3: Well, I'm, I'm glad you just mentioned that. Uh, Max Verstappen will dominate again in this upcoming season. The reason I say that is they had their first practice session for the year. In Bahrain yesterday, or late last night, actually, I watched a little bit of it, he was a second quicker than everyone in practice already in the first session. So doesn't bode well for a closer season. Also, Formula 1 Drive to Survive comes out on Netflix that. this uh, week, actually today.
2: So what's what do you think a driver's worth? They've got two cars each, all the teams, they've got two drivers, two yep. cars. You'd think yep. as identical as you can make them, Yep. yet he wins all the time.
3: Without a doubt. It, it just shows that he is so in sync with that car if i I, what i'd love to see him is if he went into a mercedes with hamilton or someone else how he goes because each driver has said that and they mentioned it drives to survive it it's harder in each car. It's different in each car. So you're not necessarily as good a driver in one as you are in the other. He has absolutely nailed that red ball, but it shows with Checo Perez in the other driver's seat, he's not as good. So it would be an interesting watch if he was driving for Ferrari for a race.
2: Do you think he went up the, the greatest ever? We've got Hamilton obviously there, Schumacher, and go back further. Well,
3: Hamilton only needs to win one more. If he goes to Ferrari and Ferrari get good again, maybe that's what he's thinking. Uh, Max is still young, so he definitely could.
2: How many I, told us he got now?
3: Well, he's got a couple now, is um, a, or is it up to three potentially after last year? So he would need to win another five. Yeah. It's it's doable, but in in F one teams do rise up; they don't usually stay on top for seven or eight years. It usually comes back. Right. to what we saw with Mercedes. Uh, Woods, what's your certainty for the week?
2: Well, I don't matter certainty, but I, well, certainty is all interest in this game at Albert and Crows and Portage. Normally, you say it doesn't mean much, but I think you don't want either team doesn't want to get smoked, smashed. Um, a lot of rivalry here. I I'm interested to see where you put your final weight in the end, but I'd imagine they're fairly close. I'm I'm really struggling to split the Crows and Port. I'm only going with the Crows, not so much about this game but the year because I've been saying it for eighteen months and I'm not gonna be swayed. I I think they are coming, Port have been up for a while. But after being at Albertin the other day and speaking with Hinkley and Carr and and the they are very confident they're on track to push for top four and perhaps even go further. So my certainty is there's going to be a lot of interest in this game, and I think the score line will indicate that you don't want either team to get smashed up.
3: Yeah, yeah, no, like I think it, there will be a heap of interest in this, and uh, it should be a really good affair. My upset for the weekend Wields, is New Zealand's going to beat Australia in the T20 game. Yeah, I, I, they're a good team. They're a good team in general. In uh, specifically in the T20 and ODI, but uh, I think that over there they're hard to beat. They'll get one back.
2: Okay, you're upset. What's my upset going to be? Um, who can I go with? Well, I'll say the Crows are going to upset Port at Alberton. Um, you know, you think Port be favourite. They want to win on their home deck. Probably get a good crowd in, I reckon, too. there would be a lot of interest. We're all waiting for football. We need football. I know the t Twenty's going, and I'm looking forward to the test between New Zealand and Australia. But I'm going to tip the Crows to beat Port Adelaide at Alberton. It's only a warm-up. Don't get too worried about that, but... And, uh, and married at first sight, Jack might get off next week. Oh, is that your prediction? That could be a prediction. He might go. He's not the most popular guy at the moment, no, is he? No,
3: he cert- Jack certainly isn't the most popular guy uh, either at that dinner table or on socials <laughs> online. <laughs> uh, my prediction, I've got one for you. Jaswal your man will oh. score another 100 in an India win, which will give them the series over England.
2: That's a good shout-out. This lad, as I said, he, he's a left-hander, but he reminds me of a young... Sachin Tendulkar, if you have it, put him in a mirror. He's made two double hundreds and a hundred in seven test matches. He's fearless. He does. He dominates IPL. He dominates the 50-over game. And I'm going to back up your prediction, too, and, and go with you. He's, I've, he's, uh, he's my new boy. I've jumped on early. But I think he's got the game and the coolness. He hit 12 sixes. Not much of him. You look at Jaisal. He's not a big guy. He hit 12 sixes, which is a record in test cricket only would by the great Wazim Akram many, many years ago.
3: Yeah, no, he's, he's on the way to being... I'm on uh, your
2: coat. What I'm saying, I'm on your coattails on yeah, that one.
3: he's going to be a very, very good cricketer. Maybe like a Rahul Dravid as well. There's a couple other oh, good ones in road. there. the road.
2: They used to call him the road. You couldn't get past nah. in the roadblock.
3: Yeah, you Dravid. Without a doubt, you couldn't. Uh, but yeah, look, uh, we're going to get to our... AFL predictions. Uh, We've also got, is it our top 10 players going into this upcoming season in the AFL? So 10 to 1, we are going to predict who we think.
2: And Blighty as well.
3: And Blighty's in as well.
2: Yeah, I've put a bit of time into this, so I'll be interested to see who, how many we get in the top 5 or top 10. But uh, very hard to put 20 good players in a 10. Anyhow, coming out of the show, we'll give our top 10 players, as Dan said, thanks to Toolkit Depot. Members get trade pricing, sign up today. Dan's AFL Predictions. This is what I like about this for Nutrien Ag Solutions going further for Australian farmers. Find your local branch at Nutrien.com.au and the open line 1300 736 736 all for Just Quality Home Improvements. Remember that name? Just Quality Home Improvements.
1: The new, refined,
0: seven-seat Kia Sorento. Switch to the affirmative. Join Lumo Energy today. And Nutrien Ag Solutions, going further for Australian farmers.
2: Yeah, we're in the last quarter of our show, too, for tyre power. Think safety, this Feb. fair, but get the five-minute tyre safety check at your local tyre power. Tyre power, helping you drive safe this summer. This is interesting. Daniel Menzel's done his bottom six so far. He's got the next three. He's going to tell you why they could be good or why they could be bad. Who's, um, who's the number, seventh from the bottom?
3: Yeah, so we'll go tonight with 12th, 11th, and 10th. And as you said, words we'll go into it. So at twelfth, in 12th position, I've gone with the Western Bulldogs. In 11th position, I've gone with Geelong. And 10th position, I've gone with St. Kilda. So let's start in 12th on the Western Bulldogs. So, you've mentioned at Wields, I found this so difficult, in particular probably from Frio in 13th all the way up until 6 I've got a clear top 5, but I reckon you could have... I've got the Bulldogs in 12th. I could see them finishing in 6th position on you the You know tablets. we're taping
2: this. We're going to play it later in the year. We
3: are, and hence why I'm just giving myself some leeway there about the Bulldogs finishing higher than 12th, where I have them. Now, if we have a look at the Bulldogs, arguably they should have made it last season. Why they can finish much higher than 12th, and make it into the finals, well, it's off the back of that midfield. You've got Tim English in the Ruck, who last year showed he, he might be the best Ruckman in the league. You've got Bontempelli, Liberatore, McRae and Trelaw. So their midfield is star-studded. It should be a team and a midfield that should win plenty and of Liberatore. games. Liberatore. Exactly right. Uh, forward line, their are options with Darcy coming on, but also you've got Hugo Hagen, you've got Waitman. Norton is a gun. So they've got a few really good players there, particularly forward half of the footy, and that's why they might have a really good season. Why they might struggle, again, the Bulldogs' draw this year is harder than what most people realise. They have North Melbourne twice, but that is the only team that I'd say... That is probably an easy two. team. Two yeah. easy wins. Uh, They've played Geelong twice. They've played GWS twice. They've played Melbourne. They've played Sydney twice. None of them are too easy. And they play Fremantle twice. Now, that one of those games is in Perth. So it's actually a rather tough draw for the Dogs. Um, but the other one is it's the health of Tim English at the moment. We know he's had a bit of an injury interrupted preseason. Their reliance on Jones down back. But most of their good players last season did not miss a game. And they still didn't make finals. What if Bontempelli misses a few games? What if oh. Ugo Hagen, Tim English, Aaron Norton, Bailey Dale, they all played every game last season? What if one of those guys misses five or six? McRae missed one. Libba only missed two. So most of their guns played in every game last year. Yeah, Bailey Smith out
2: for the big loss.
3: So that is a big loss already. So what I'm getting at is if they lose one or two more, even three more for a duration of this season, then I'm a bit concerned about how they'll go. what do they do with Roy Lobb is the other question as well. Are
2: you worried about their back line? The yep. key defence. They, they don't have any big gorillas down there. Not Whether they can make Darcy one of those, I'm not sure. But the, that's been their weakness. I've had Bruce, I've had um, Keith. Just haven't really cut it off. Without out.
3: a doubt. That it's been their weakness, uh, I feel like, since they won a flag off the back of it, And their, their premiership team, when they won, did not have a good strong back line. And I feel like what's happened is Beveridge has sort of seen that and gone, we don't need a gun back a forward line. Half yeah, we, we can play that and it works, yeah. but it, it, doesn't, it doesn't hold up. And the example was Melbourne in the grand final. Remember, they were in front in the third quarter. 19, and point, 19 pol-
2: points up in the third quarter. Got beaten by 12 goals. Melbourne polled on,
3: yep, exactly that. 13, 14, 15 goals in that short period of time, which can happen against this Bulldogs defence. So, yeah, there's concerns there. I'd be training Darcy in defence, but they're not doing it in the preseason. So, uh, I'm not sure how they're going to go in the back line. But, yeah, I've got the Bulldogs at in 12th position. In 11th, I've gone with, I've hesitated, but I've gone with Geelong. Ooh. Now, my former club wields I was very hesitant to put them outside of the top eight because it doesn't, it just statistically, doesn't happen. They don't go back to back.
2: When's the last time it has happened? Be years missing it? finals. Both has
3: been before, two. yeah, been before 2006. So it's a long time. Uh, and again, why they can make finals is they've got a they've got a very good draw. Um, the teams they play twice. Carlton's probably the only one in there that I'd say is a very good side. Uh, and then you've got Adelaide, St. Kilda, the Bulldogs maybe around them, but then also Hawthorne oh. and uh, North Melbourne it is good. It is a good draw. And they we know their the games they have at home as well at GMHBA is a real advantage for them. Uh, I also think that if they can get, and this is why it's also going to go the other way, if they can get... Jack Henry, Danger, Duncan DeConin, and Cam Guthrie, who unfortunately did a quad Mr. today. What oh, did he? He only played six games last year. If they can get those guys healthy, they certainly will catapult up the table. But again, why they might struggle is the they're aging stars. Uh, it's been said for a long time they won the flag off the back of it with the oldest team in history to win a premiership, it's going to stack up. It's going to eventually um, come true. And Guthrie's maybe an example today. I really hope it's not going to be anything significant, but it's a quad injury. So I think he'll be in doubt for round one at least.
2: Mark uh, Blixavs is an uh, incredible player well. I think he's won a couple of BNFs. He he's has. Played every... What's he like? He's obviously an unbelievable athlete. Yep. But you played with him in the same team. He looks imposing. He can run all day. He can play in a wing. He can lead the ruck. Uh, Incredible player,
3: incredible player, athlete, and how versatile he is is what is outstanding about Mark. He, um he, they put him anywhere, and he's Mister Fix it for Geelong, and it's why, I, yeah, really good guy. Good guy. I, I actually, um, <laughs> I went to uh, the Major League Baseball World Series Game One with him a few wow. years ago. The Red Sox taking on the Dodgers that was pretty incredible. Um, so yeah, no Blitz is, and the other thing with Blitz, the reason why he come on so quickly and so well is. His willingness to learn, he would ask questions of every coach and just he take everything in. And it's something that I actually wish I did a little bit more, particularly as a younger kid. So so while I've got Geelong in 11th. I easily think they could go up the ladder. But it's if guys like Guthrie do what they did today, then there might be some challenges for them.
2: Just before the next one, I want to thank Nutrien Ag Solutions going further for Australian farmers. You can find your local branch at au. I think you've nailed it. But I think the Bulldogs in Geelong are, are the... A couple of question marks. Really, it could, I, like you say, really could either go up a few yep. or even end up even lower than where they are.
3: Without a doubt. At, in 10th position, I've gone with St. Kilda. Oh,
2: when the Saints go marching in. Oh, when the Saints go marching in. Great
3: song, St. Kilda. Now, I've put them in 10th position. I had them in my eight a week ago, Wiltz. I am bullish on St. Kilda, and I'll tell you why. It's the second year under Ross Lyon. You're going to be better. You're going to know the structure's better. Last year, they were the number one defensive team in the competition under Ross. So... They did that without some of their good players. They had a lot
2: of injuries, didn't they? They
3: did have a lot of injuries. Uh, So if they can get some of those weapons back at full fitness, notably King, Membry, Jack Hayes up in the forward line, they got a pretty good draw as well in who they're playing twice. They played the Bombers, Geelong, Richmond, West Coast all twice, uh, and then a couple of harder ones they got some really good talent coming through under 24, which a lot of people probably wouldn't be aware of. Max King, Machido Owens was very good yes. last year.
2: Wonderful player. Uh,
3: Nasiah Wangini, Malera. Keep an eye on this guy. On Phillip the outside, as well. Phillip, who's coming through. Liam Henry, I actually really like the addition across from Fremantle. Uh, I like their list, and I really like their list build. And what I mean by that is when you look at St. Kilda's team on paper, on the inside, they've got Jack Steele, Bray Crouch, Seb Ross, Maybe some guys that might not be in the best midfield in the competition, but they have then got and recruited the likes of Brad Hill and Liam Henry on the outside for that outside speed. They've got Jack Sinclair mm-hmm. and Nasiah Wanganeen Malira who use the ball beautifully across half-back. So th- in terms of their distributors, Dan Butler and Owens cross half-forward, they've got their good outside players that can, I guess, make up for the lack of leg speed they have in the inside.
2: Yeah, well said. Wilkie's a trem- tremendous backline player too. Uh, yeah. And so I wouldn't Google be, su-
3: Howard. without a doubt. So their, their back line's probably underrated as well. I wouldn't be surprised if they do finish around about fifth, sixth position like they did last year. Why they might struggle is they were the fourth worst team in offense last year. We know that a Ross line coach team is not necessarily going to be a great offensive team, and that's what they've got to improve. Can they move the ball better? Will the sugar hit of the new coach coming in wear off? But again, the other point, and it's why I left him out of the eight, is. I quite like their starting 22. I like the build in there... But I think if they have a couple of injuries to their team, yes, last year they got the young kids to come in. I think it could be costly this season. And
2: they had King of memory out for quite a few games, didn't they, last year? They did.
3: And, and guys filled the hole really well. But I'm not sure you can do that for multiple years. Maybe to fill it uh, for one season. They did that really well, and I commend them last year. But I think they need to keep most of their t- – if they keep most of their team on the park this year, they'll, make, they'll play finals.
2: Must be good coach, Ross Lyon. He came out, you said – best offensively, and yep. and they had one stage at eight or nine injuries, St Kilda, and they still were competitive.
3: Without a doubt. It, it's a, I'm amazed they made finals last year. It's a credit to him, and and he sh- they would be so confident they're going to at least make finals this year because they're going to get all those guys back. So it's just whether they can take that next step. So that is St Kilda in 10th position, which leaves me with nine teams next week. We're going to go through my top nine sides Still haven't mentioned the Crows and Porto. I went West Coast in 18th, North Melbourne 17th, Hawthorne in 16th, Richmond in 15th, Essendon 14th, Freo in 13th, and then tonight the Bulldogs in 12th, Geelong in 11th, and St. Kilda in no,
2: 10th. No, i got to dip the lid. That was very, very good. Might get Sammy to play uh, the other big news today, which we – well, it, it is big news because it's been ratified. Scotty Ninnis – no, we can't We can't go there, but we'll talk about it. Scotty Ninnis now is the new coach of the 36s. Brian Gorge's name was mentioned. It was mentioned but I think he won seven out of his last 10 and he got the team to play some enterprising basketball. Unfortunately, under CJ Bruton, he'd lost the players. He had.
3: He, without a doubt, he had. And in, in his last game, they scored 59 points. They, they, their scoring 59. had completely dried up. And Scotty Nunez come in and got them to play with a real freedom. And all of a sudden, in the next six of the next seven games, they scored 90 points. So you could see the clear change in mentality in, in the way players were playing. And it's well-deserved. They were 4-9 and nine when he came in, and he knew it nearly took them to the playoffs this year. So... Well done to Scotty Ninnis. Hey, the Port Adelaide and Crows game is on tomorrow. A couple of players that you won't see running in around for Crows and Port fans. So we'll start with Port Adelaide first. Todd Marshall won't be playing. He's got a foot. I hope,
2: now, I'd, I never like to hear foot injuries. No, you know, don't. We've seen feet go from Can linger, one week they? to all year.
3: Uh, Will and Drew's got a shoulder. He won't play. And and Naka with a back. For the Crows, we know the Butts is out with that foot as well, and that has lingered since his surgery in July. Uh, Murray, the ACL. Saligo's so not going to play. He's got an ankle. Uh Malira has that hammer awareness and Rory Sloan, we know the eye as well. So those guys won't be there in the game between the Crows and Port tomorrow. Wills, have you seen any of the action over the last 24 hours between a few of the other games? Sydney and GWS?
2: Yeah, you told me that Sydney beat the Giants. I'm not sure how they how you know how many of their stars they had playing, but just give us the scores there to Yeah, them.
3: Sydney 16-16, 112 to GWS 13-8-86. Now GWS did have quite a few of their better players out. Uh, Sydney, Chad Warner looks ready to go again this year. Did Uh, Grundy play? Yes, he did. Um, And so Logan McDonald starred in the forward line, as did Aaron Cadman for GWS. Number one draft pick. Along with Jesse Hogan. So good signs for the Giants forward line. So that was the Sydney and GWS game. The Cats took on the Blues. We mentioned Cam Guthrie injury within the first minute to his quad, which is not good. It means that it's not going to be a one-week quad. And and
2: he's probably a guy... Dan, that's hardly up until last year, hardly missed a game, was play doubt. it? Played you know, week in, week out, didn't so he? So
3: resilient he was, Cam, when I was there. So it's we hope it's not too long. But Geelong were pretty good. They won 10-13, 73-8, 56. It was 38-degree day, So cool. a low-scoring game. Max Holmes was really good for the Cats, as was Jeremy Cameron. Looks like he's back to his best. For Carlton, they had a few out. Walsh didn't play. Wiedering didn't play. Their, their key forwards, um, McKay, uh, McCoy, sorry, and Kerno were okay. But they only kicked eight goals. So I wouldn't make much of that. And North Melbourne knocked off Collingwood yesterday. Collingwood did have 11 of their premiership players not playing, though. So I wouldn't read too much into that, except for it's pretty good for North Melbourne. Colby McKercher, the number two pick, looked amazing, apparently.
2: How long does it take, you think, for North Melbourne to be pushing for the 8 Because They've got a. To... So many picks, so many young kids, but and they've got rid of most of the experience. But what do you think, three years?
3: Yeah, I think they... Three? If you started it last year, then yeah, they're going to need this year to build again. Next year, they'll start to get close, I would say. But yeah, it'd be the following year, which would be 2026.
2: Now, you've got our top 10 coming up. Mentioned Jeremy Cameron. A year ago, he's probably ranked... The number one player in the competition. It'd be interesting if any of us have him in the top ten.
3: At round six, he probably was the number one player in the competition. He
2: he copped a knock, Yeah, he
3: did. And and it did significantly impact the rest of his year. So I did ponder on whether I put Jeremy in or not, and we'll find out whether he is in mine. But it was hard. A lot of midfielders are obviously going to take the majority of the spots in the top ten. Well, it's going
2: to be interesting because Sam's going to do blighties. Um, So blighties will become – I haven't seen them. You and I have been sort of discussing quite a little bit, but uh, it is hard to get the you know, 20 into 10.
3: It is. Have a think about who you think are right now the best 10 players in the competition, and we're about to go through it.
2: We certainly are. Yeah, big show again. It always is, and certainly back next week. But I'm looking forward to the top 10. Dan Menzel, David Wildey, and also Malcolm Blight. It'll be interesting to see what Blight has gone out left field. It is 6.45. Sports Day SA.
1: No!
2: Cruise 1323 and 1629 SENSA. Yeah, I love that song. I, the Tiger, Dan Menzel, David Wildey lost in the wash thanks to Toolkit Depot. Become a Toolkit Depot trade member and get trade pricing every time you shop tools. Interesting segment here, um, means and we are talking the top 10 players, as we think right now, I mean, coming into the season 2024. Gee, it's a tough exercise. It is really, really, really tough. And we thought... We take your ten, my ten, and, and Sam Fantasia is going to do Malcolm Blight's uh, top ten. So, wonder how many we get in the top ten each. So, do you want to? How do you want to do it? Do you want to start with your, your number one?
3: No, we'll start with ten. Okay, we'll go through up, it. Okay, up to number ten and our uh, number one. Sorry, so I'll start with my number ten first. worlds. I've gone Jordan Dawson at number ten. He's twenty six years of age. All Australian. Last year, should have finished higher in the brown line. To be honest. I just think his impact on games is huge. And although he averaged 27 disposals last year, he just distributes it so well that he's such a damaging player. I have him at
2: number 10. I like that. My number 10 and really the only key forward, uh, the big man, is, is Charlie Kerno Now, he didn't have a great final series, but he won the Coleman. And I don't think there's any more exciting player at his best than Charlie Curnow. And he, And his best is yet to come. He missed three or four years with with some bad knees, so he's my number 10. And, and Sam, you've got bloody's number 10?
0: Bloody's number 10 is Darcy Moore, the Premiership winning captain at the Pies.
3: Darcy Moore. Okay, so that's our 10 if, as we go to number 9. At number 9, I've gone with Connor Rosie. He is 24 years of age, uh, all Australia in the last two seasons, now the power captain.
2: Could have had him higher wields, but I've put him at number 9. Like it. I've got him fairly close. I've gone Tom Green from the Giants and... Uh, had a magnificent final series. He averages third. I think he averaged more than any other player except Nick Dacos in possessions per game. He gets his pretty hard. He's a big, strong, robust midfielder. His best is yet to come. So, Tom Green, Giants for me.
0: You and Blighty are on um, two different sides of the same coin. He's gone T. Green. Toby Green. Toby Green. Yeah, Yeah, fair enough. He's a
2: bit higher for me, Toby.
3: All right, so number eight. I've gone with the man you've already mentioned, Charlie Curnow. 27 years of age. He's in the sweet spot of his career. Back-to-back Coleman medals and 81 goals last season. Uh, You wouldn't want any other key forward in the competition with what he's done in the last two seasons. Yeah, good call,
2: Dan. I've gone Connor Rosie. Just flipped the Tom Green and Connor Rosie at number eight. Just a wonderful player. Captain. He'd be the highest-paid player now. At Port Adelaide. He signed on to twenty thirty-two. He's dual All-Australian, one best and fairest. He's done it all.
0: And the young superstar for the Swans for Malcolm Blight in number eight, Eric Goulden, Errol
3: Goulden, Errol, Ooh, Errol Goulden, at eight for Blighty. As we move to number seven, I've gone with at number seven, Lockie Neal. I. Wasn't sure whether to put him on or not, but he's 30 years of age. He's won two Brownlows in the last four years. Uh, and runner-up in one. And runner-up in one. The other reason is he played in a team that was in the grand final, nearly won the premiership in there for mine the team to beat this year. He is their best midfielder. That's why I've gone lucky nil.
2: Snap. I've gone lucky nil, number seven, for the same reasons as Dan.
0: And over at the Blues for Malcolm Blight at number seven, Paddy Cripps. Ooh, it didn't make my he's top got a ten. Kind of different, Brownlee medalist, yeah. but
2: uh, two with Neil
3: at seven and Cripps at seven for Bloody. At number six, that's where I have put Errol Golden. He's twenty-one years of age, averaged twenty-seven disposals a game last year. But what I love about Errol is he averages nineteen kicks a game, which is elite, and he kicks the ball as well as anyone in the game. I'm I'm a little bit biased. He's probably my favourite player. I've got him at number six. Didn't he
2: win six? He got six best on grounds last season. Unbelievable. I've gone Sam Walsh. Um, He played in the rubbish side for the first couple of years of his career, but he's a gun. Had a back surgery before last year, and he still came out and absolutely dominated. Uh, Good kid, works hard, can only get better. Uh, Sam Walsh for me from Carlton. Yeah,
0: a few question marks about Walsh here at the start of the year, but um, by the time the final series came around last season, he really. showed the naysayers for Malcolm Blight it's Zach Butters at Port Adelaide
3: Zach Butters at Port Adelaide for Blight at 6 I've got Zach Butters at 5 I've gone with Zach Butters based over last year All Australian but not just that he was the AFL coaches player of the year. Yeah, he was the AFL Players Association most courageous player of the year, and he was the MVP for the AFL Players. He came third in that. So, based off that last season, they reckon he's flying at the moment. I've got him at number five.
2: And had they recognised him earlier before the media jump, he would have won a Brownlow. He, I think, finished third there as well. I've got also Zach Butters at number five.
3: You'll never
0: guess who Malcolm Blight's got.
2: At number five, not Zach Butters, or you say? Connor Rosey. Oh, he's gone
3: Rosey, he's yeah, fair enough. Yep. yeah, Yeah, I mean, you could put them in either be completely honest, Okay, top four. Oh, I actually found, I had these four ahead of the rest, to be honest, Woods, So I've gone at number four, Christian Petrarca. Uh, he's 28 years of age, all Australian in the last four years. Top five in both the coaches' and players' votes last year. The other reason is his dual position power is what? makes him stand out to me in the top four players in the competition. He will dominate inside, but then he'll go forward and kick a bag if they need.
2: Gee, I'm worried i have miss someone if you've got your top four clear. I've got Nick Dacos at top four. He can only get better. Just a wonderful player, and his next 10 years are going to be absolutely outstanding. Nick Dacos for me.
0: As Malcolm Plight would say, snap. Oh. Nick Dacos, number four for
3: Bloody. Dacos at four. Okay, we'll move to number three. And uh, I have Nick Dacos at three. He's 21 years of age. He was injured in round 21 on 28 Brownlow votes. Yeah. Missed three games and lost by three votes. So probably would have won it. Runner-up in the AFL PA MVP award as well. Third in the coaches' votes. For mine, he's the most damaging player in the competition.
2: I've got on Toby Green. I think he's carried the Giants and made them into a really good... He's, he's grown up. He, he's had a... Has been quite petulant over the years and indiscretions and reports. But I think on his day, just no one can stop him. He's strong. He can take a mark, kick a goal. And just a wonderful player, Toby Green.
0: he has got a soft spot for midfielders who like to kick goals. So he's got Christian Petrarca in number two. Uh, Number three. Number three. Oh, spoiler alert. Well, then one of his favourites... Lockie Neal in number three. it so does like Lachie. Neal yeah. in
3: three. I'm, I'm a bit confused as to who Wills' number two is here, but we'll get to it. Number two, I've gone with Toby Green at number two. He's 30 years of age. He was the All-Australian captain last year. He averaged 21 disposals and nearly three goals a game. No one else in the competition can do that. Even Petrarca didn't get near that last year. He's the major reason the Giants nearly won the whole thing last season. For mine, he is the best match winner in the game. He's at number two. I me. think
2: our top four is going to be the same. Uh, Christian Petrarca, I've gone to. Uh, one of Norm Smith. He, he, he's the best player with Oliver and Gorn out at uh, Melbourne, but just a dynamic player. Love watching him play. It took him a while to become the star he is, but uh, Petrarca in his day, outstanding.
0: Beautiful. Well, I'll kick things off with Malcolm Blight's number one. Similar to Petrarca, loves a goal kicking midfielder. And it's probably all of ours here, Yes, Marcus Bontempelli. It
3: will be all of ours here, Wilds. Marcus Bontempelli, 28 years of age, All-Australian four of the last five years. The AFL PA MVP last season, runner-up in the Brownlow twice in the last three years. I mentioned, for me, best match winner of the game in Toby Green, the most damaging player in Nick Dacos. Well, the best player in the game is Marcus Bontempelli. He's almost
2: impossible to tag, but if you do he'll run your forward and take a mark, he's, he's, you're right, he could have won two Brownlows, Actually, our top five are the same. We just we've moved a couple of positions. That's why Toby Green down a couple, but yes. Uh, um, so on a couple of guys that we potentially missed or didn't have in there, I've
3: got. I've got three here that I think might be in it at the end of the year, but I didn't want to put them in yet. And you put Tom Green in. I wanted to give it one more year. Shea Bolton, I believe, could have a massive season and jump up. Sam Taylor, he uh, was All-Australian in 2022. He missed games last year, missed about six games last year. If he gets fit and healthy, he could easily jump in there as that defender next season. You mentioned Walsh. And the other one is, who just is not going to get your mention because of what's been going on. One year ago, 12 months ago, Clayton Oliver would be in everyone's list. So if he can get himself right, then he would be in that
2: list. And a year ago, Dan, they were saying the best player in the competition was Jeremy Cameron.
3: He's the other one that...
2: And he could, we can't, I had Darcy Moore. I didn't have Dawson in mind. Dugowie on his day is brilliant too, but it shows how many oh, wonderful players are Ger- around. The
3: Jeremy Cameron point's a great point. I, I thought about putting him in there because at round five or six last year, he was the best player in the comp. Remember when he played against Carlton and a couple of those other games where he kicked five and six and, and they still weren't even going that well and you thought, wow, this guy is so hard to stop. So he could easily... If the Cats can get good again this year, he'll, he'll certainly be back up
2: it's there. It's funny, the one, if I had to take one out of my ten... It probably would be Lockie Neal, who we think's getting to the back of his end of his career. By his own standards, didn't have the same year he's had in previous years, but still good enough to win the medal. But Eric Goulden would be in the one. Um, Errol Goulden would be in the one I would have put in, just changed by ten. And and I do like Darcy Moore as a big backman too. But just as I said, the game's in great shape. It is. And uh, just to finish, here's a quick community update. Thanks to Firecoat, be alert and prepared this bushfire season. Stay up to date on all bushfire warnings online with South Australian Country Fire Service. Uh, visit cfs.sa.gov.au. This community update is thanks to New Fire Coat, the first paint proven to protect property in high-risk fire conditions available at Bunnings Warehouse. Bye for now.
1: The new refined
0: seven-seat Kia Sorento. Switch to the affirmative. Join Lumo Energy today. And Nutrient Ag Solutions. Going further, for a